My favorite Martin Luther <laughs> quote is, what pigsties could compare in goings on with you? <laughs> That's amazing. Let's start using that. What what pigsties can compare to your life? Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in revolutionary. <laughs> Shernary? <laughs> really running low here. Ref, put the her in the ref her mation. <laughs> I should have, should I have gone with that one? I don't know. I mean, Neither of them are technically right. <laughs> Both are just as bad of an option. As the other That one. is the new revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. Way to say revolution. If you respect Shim. women. Right. Then this is how you'll pronounce it from now on. So. <laughs> um, anyway, hi. <laughs> so I'm Summer. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And my sore throat <clears> is going to come along for the ride. And Joy, I want you to know that if we were friends in the 1500s, I feel like we would do We would be cousins. (laughs) Not just friends. We would be cousins, actually. That's how it would go. And also, um, I feel like we, there's like a higher chance of us like sneaking into the library than like being like goat milking or whatever else they did. (laughs) Um, I just feel maybe like... a little both. Okay, yeah, yeah, because my child like a little a little post goat milking library sneak. Yes, I feel like that's <laughs> what we would be doing. I'm so happy <laughs> that you went with a 1500s compliment did because you? I did too. <laughs> of course, and you're right. Mm-hmm. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Summer. And Summer, if you created a time machine. And you were like, let's travel back to the 1500s. <laughs> I would be a good friend and be like, stop it. That was a horrible and confusing time. <laughs> let's go back to the 80s like normal millennials. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm just impressed that like in this scenario that you imagined, mm-hmm. I created the time machine. Of course. Yeah. That's really. This morning right. I actually had to ask like double check. I was like, hey. Is six times four twenty-four? Like I needed someone to like just confirm that with me. You know what? I don't think there's a lot of math in time machine. I feel like there's creation. a lot of math in time machine creation. It's just mostly like knitting and you know, like the late the average goat milker can <laughs> do make it. A time machine. <laughs> okay. It's I don't know. I don't believe it. <laughs> I just don't. Okay. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe all the like super mathematicians have been trying to build a time machine all this time. <laughs> what they needed was when like, goat r- really they just needed like a lay person to be like, um, duh, you got to put the thing right there in that thing. <laughs> what? what? Did we just make a time machine? What? 
I'm so glad. Whatever you do, don't go back to the 1500s. Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) and so that's what we're talking about today because we're talking about the Reformation because it's almost the 500th Mm -hmm. year. How do you say 500th anniversary? Yes. (laughs) There we go. Of, I mean, the Reformation was a time period. Right. But we're talking about when Martin Luther nailed his thesis exactly. to the door. That's like the that's, that's Reformation the, that's Day. That's the anniversary moment. Right. So, and that will be on October 31st of this year, which this episode, I mean, we're not releasing it on October 31st, but you get it. You get it. We're celebrating it all it's month. somewhere around there. We're reformed. That's just what's happening. I understand. So... Joy and I decided because we're she loved it. Yeah. Um, because you know how like the new thing in feminism is it's not history, it's herstory. We put the her in herstory. <laughs> we thought we're not in the same way. No, 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 no. We thought we would introduce you guys to our favorite women of the Reformation, and I. I Okay, just like disclaimer. These are women who did work during the Reformation. Right. Who were part of the Reformation. Like my chick, she wasn't really, she wasn't a Calvinist. She had ties to Calvin. Um, But, you know, it's it's not the, like I said. They're, they're just people they're too. Just people. They were, back in the 1500s, they were still people. They were also humans. Yeah. And because I've traveled in a time machine, I can verify that that's right. the truth. But then Joy was like, get out of here. I told you not to come to the 1500s. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I was already there. <laughs> I brought you with me. Right. Obviously. Yeah, of course. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought I told you. <laughs> friends don't let friends go, <laughs> go to the, the 1500s in their time machine that they made. It was a difficult time, you guys. Don't you know that old <laughs> adage? <laughs> no, but you know what I did learn the other day that's fascinating? Uh-huh. Is that the phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh-huh. We've been saying it wrong for the last 400 years. Okay. And I know this because the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, yeah. said it right, <clears throat> which is partly why, how a part of why he got caught was because in his manifesto. I've heard something about this. This is so fascinating because in his manifesto that he wrote, um, he wrote, you can't eat your cake and have it too. And so part, right. of, the re- like, part of the reason he got caught was because of his language right. like, in the manifesto yes, and the that was like, a letters that were yeah. sent. And so in a letter to a family member, he wrote, you can't eat your cake and have it too. Right. And so this, he didn't talk like he would had like a really weird vernacular and he, spoke strangely. It was very specific. Yeah. And it was specific enough for people to be like, wait a minute, the, the profiler <laughs> to like look at his language yeah. and whatever. And so we've been saying it wrong so that the profiler who noticed this weird flip flop of the phrase uh-huh. looked into it and actually we've been saying it wrong like somewhere around 400 years ago the phrase got flipped so we mm-hmm. always say you can't have your have cake, cake and eat, and eat it, it too. too yeah but it started as you can't eat your cake and have it too right and so because you can technically have your cake then eat it <laughs> right but you can't eat your cake then have right. it right the phrase has never made sense to me and i was right. just like thank you unabomber how did right. we, how did i get here 
old adage. Old adage. Right, right, right. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, now you guys know about that old adage, thanks to the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> another interesting character in history that I'd like to tell you about. Okay. <laughs> her name is Marguerite, and I am going to butcher her last name because I'm so American. De Navarre? I'm pretty sure her last name is De Navarre. De Navarre. That sounds, I mean, doesn't sound ridiculous. It doesn't sound ridiculous. Somebody's going to be like, that's not right. Probably a Canadian because she's French. Oh, got it. So, whatever. She was born the year that Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Oh, that's an easy one to remember. It is. So, she was born in 1492. Thank you, little rhyme. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So she was the sister of one of the most famous kings of France. And they were all related to yeah, each other. Yeah. I just wanna, now, like if you were a sister of a king, you'd, yeah. people would be like, what? But back then it was like, okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> Obviously. Duh. We all are cousins. I'm from England. Cousin dearest <laughs> that I'm probably going to marry. <laughs> so weird. If you don't marry one of your other cousins first. You're ruining the royal family. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, Oh, 1500s. So I just, I want to shout out to my girl Valerie over at Romans Road Media because she did like the hard work getting all this information (laughs) together. So I'm mostly going to be pulling from what she has done. Just FYI. Um, So anyway, Marguerite. I'm going to skip her last name consistently. De Navarre. De Navarre. There's no way. Yeah. If it's French, I don't know. She was um, the King of France sister. And FYI, this is interesting. Calvin dedicated the Institutes of the Christian Religion to her brother, the King of France. Wow. Francis I. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, she also became queen in her own right because she married the Navarre, <laughs> Henry III. Um, and her upbringing was unusual because she got the same education as her brother, which d- isn't something that typically happened. But is a very common theme in the Ladies of the Reformation. Yes, is that they had nearly identical educations to the men around them. Right. Um, and so obviously, since she was, I've already established, she was the sister of the king. His education was pretty She got a king's education. (laughs) She got a king's education, right. Um, During her lifetime, she's one of the most educated women in France. She was a diplomat. She was an advisor to the king, her brother. Um, When he was held in captivity in Spain for some reason, which I couldn't find the reason, but okay, so I guess this is something normal because (laughs) it's just like, so when the king was being held captive, right, she went in person into the enemy territory and negotiated his release. Wow. So don't mess with Marguerite is basically the lesson. Um, and during that same time in the 1520s was when she was really getting her exposure to the writings of the Reformation, um, the Catholic Church, well, the Catholic University, Sorbonne, Sorbonne, Sorbonne? I don't know. Uh, don't listen to this, Dad. they really didn't like her and they wanted to burn her at the stake, but she was obviously highly protected entity given that she was the King's sister. Um, she loved to give money to 
people involved in the Reformation. Like she would financially sponsor not just like theologians, um, but also artists and just she was kind of like that. Um, this lady, my friend Ashley writing for Romans Road calls her like a Renaissance woman because she really was. It wasn't just like theological work that she cared about or like. Right people who were fleeing theological oppression. She was also very into like art and stuff. Right. Well, she had, she like most nobility back then, she had like the full classical education yes. where she learned music and language yes. and sewing yes, and all kinds of things. Right. And so she, at one time when John Calvin was fleeing Paris and he was like on his way to Geneva, she took him in. Um, What's his face? Leonardo da Vinci died in one of her. It, I can't call it a house. Uh, manor. <laughs> manor. Uh, I can't remember if it was like a manor or a castle, but he actually like died in something she owned. Like, so she, you know, was kind of like a what's the word? She just like she worked with everybody. She was like a social institution. She was like everyone would have known who <laughs> yeah, she was. Absolutely. She was. The Oprah of the 1500s. <laughs> right, right. Except she was solid. Because we like her. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about her, and this is something we don't really understand as Protestants, was, you know, the break from the Catholic Church wasn't like this clean break. Oh, no. In any, in Just any way. Just wait till you hear mine. Right. <laughs> it was messy and you have to understand like this was the church like the roman catholic church like was the church that these people knew until yeah. all of this this reformation explosion that happened over the course of decades and decades right. and decades and there's many moving parts to it so although there was a catholic university that wanted to burn her at the stake <laughs> um she didn't ever like formally officially renounce the catholic church um, but interestingly, she was, like you said, very diplomatic in that she had a good relationship with both the Vatican and Geneva Right. by the time she died. So it, part of what her goal in life was, was to not, I, I think saying that she brokered deals would be a cheap way to describe it, but she very much had, uh, political aims within her friendship with both Geneva and the Vatican and right. she was looked to actually for that kind of thing like help to how to navigate those strange waters um, which I mean when you just think about what it would have taken <laughs> in the 1500s as a female right. um, to do something that big and that right. to have that much respect like within mm -hmm. within religion and monarchies and states and artists and you know, she's just a very respected figure other than, you know, the the Catholic university that wanted to right. burn her at the stake. Right. We all have those. <laughs> right. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so, yeah, that's Marguerite. She died in 1549. Can't do the math on that. <laughs> um, but she, like, wasn't. She was, like, six. How old was she? I don't know. I don't know um, when she was born. 1492. Oh, yeah, that's right. So whatever. Wait, 92. 49 plus 8. 57? Yeah, so she was young. Yeah. She was slightly Not older. Not as young than... as my girl. 
Oh, tell me about your girl. Okay, so my lady girl, she was really a girl. Oh no! But it was Lady Jane Grey. What a cool name. Um, she was related to everyone of nobility through some way or another. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, she was a part of a noble family. Um, she grew up in a Protestant household, but her parents were more protestant for like political reasons um and so really when did she live she was oh, why are you asking me this well because um 1537 okay so to she, 1554 oh, wait. um yeah <laughs> it was not a long time okay so, so she died just before or she was born just before marguerite died essentially right. yeah Okay. They overlapped a little. That and was then, why. And then died right after she died. Yeah. How old was she? What? Um, 16? No. She, when she, okay. I'll just tell you the I'm story. Sorry. Okay. I'll I'm just done. tell you the story. I'm she done. may have been, well, what? Okay. Once you put like, oh my gosh. 17. She was 17. Um, wow. Okay. So Jane Grey um had like a very classical education but she did not have a good relationship with her parents mm. and it was very common for parents to send like you'd just go live with other relatives or whoever <laughs> like you'd just go live with them okay and that was normal okay um so jane gray at one point um there's not a lot of what she was like when she was like very young um, <laughs> just from the time she was like 12 to 16, 17. Okay, those are some tumultuous um, years. But her. she went to live um, with Catherine Parr, who was Henry VIII's sixth and last wife. Yeah, Catherine Parr was friends with Marguerite. Yeah, they were all friends. Okay. I'm telling you, they all knew each other. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so when Jane went to live with Catherine, usually when they would, when noble girls would go somewhere mm -hmm. to live with someone, they would learn like social graces and your normal female education right but she um ended up receiving um a an excellent education things latin greek modern languages mm. music um and then Catherine parr was devoutly protestant right and she was she received tons of instruction from Catherine parr Catherine parr correct me if i'm wrong she was like several wives after Anne Boleyn. Yes. She was the last wife okay. of Henry VIII. Okay. Before he died. Psycho. Yeah. Okay. Um, And actually in that house, manor. Um, <laughs> Castle? They would have uh, debates between Protestants and Catholics. So she had this like incredible mm. Protestant education. Would you call those interfaith dialogues? <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Some people don't like that. But you know what? <laughs> Jane Grey was all about it. She was. Um, not to be confused with Jane Way <laughs> from Voyager, which was the what first you thing of. I heard. Um, but so she, that was when she was living with Catherine Parr was when she came to like a devout faith, even though she had okay. grown up Protestant. Yeah. And she was characterized as like an eager learner, very intelligent. Um, and so... Uh, Catherine, unfortunately, after Henry VIII died, Catherine married again, and then she they conceived a child, and after she gave birth to the child, she died. Aww. 
Um, and Jane Grey was incredibly distraught. That was like basically her mom, her mom. and her teacher. Yeah. And she was sent back to live with her parents who sh- they were very like unaffectionate, which wasn't very uncommon for the time. Um, but they hired a tutor to continue her education and basically to get rid of her. Oh. Um, she will. And like I said, these ladies are human, mm-hmm. but apparently some people described her, people described her, as nice, devout, faithful, intelligent. Mm. And then some people said she was very self-righteous mm. and pious. Um, mm. So. I have no idea what it's like to be a polarizing character. Right. Oh, that's oh gosh, what? <laughs> but so the tutor that they hired to continue her education um, had all these connections to well-known theological teachers at the time. Um people who were leaders of Protestant churches in Zurich, all over the place. Um, and so she would um, she would write letters back and forth with well-known theologians, well-known church leaders. And she's somewhere um, under the age of 17. Yeah, at this point, she's probably like 13. <laughs> um, and so... And like she would get into debates with them and then people would send her books. Like there's all kinds of like there's written accounts of letters that she sent and thanking people. Thank you for sending me this book and all this stuff. Um, And so like she was on it. She was yeah. solid from yeah. a really, really young age. So her parents were like, well, it's great that you're very well educated and religious but um i think that you should start trying to get married (laughs) Um, focus on what really matters (laughs) jane and so they encouraged her like to be a part of more social events um eventually they agreed to marry her to a guy named guilford i don't guild (laughs) guildford no i don't know not just guilford um so jane originally didn't want to marry him she's like 14 and they're like get on with it <laughs> but get she was persuaded <laughs> by the urgency of her mother and the violence of her father and then um it stated that she most likely agreed to the marriage so that guildford wouldn't marry his other potential wife mary who will come into the story later who was a catholic Ooh, so she wanted you dirty cat <laughs> she she wanted the throne to remain Protestant because that's how it worked back then. I mean, whoever uh, yeah, yeah. whoever was yeah. on the throne, that was what religion you were. I'm just I'm still caught on. They were like telling their 13, 14 year old daughter, right. like, listen, well, the clock's a ticking. Yeah, the old maid. Right. Get married. Well, so because of her being well known for being such a devout Protestant, um, she like I said, she was related to all these nobility. But so she actually was in line for the throne between three other women, which is like that was the first time that it ever happened. There was four women that could would be the next succeeder to the throne. What? And the reason she was she had that was because um, Edward the Sixth filed this thing and left the throne to her and all her male heirs. And she'd been married for like six weeks, so she had no male heirs, so it would be, <laughs> it was gonna be her. Um, okay. Unfortunately, Guildford's dad, Dudley. <laughs> Stop. I know. Um, he. These guys are losers. He I had created a plot 
this was like all a part of a plot. He pushed through the, um, cause technically Edward the sixth wasn't allowed to make her an heir because Henry, Henry the eighth had this like decree of succession, which said like, this is who becomes right. the next whatever. Right. And so he, um, he basically tricked her Jane Grey and a bunch of political people into making her the queen. Wow. He would like through all kinds of means, but right. this wasn't known to Jane at the time. Um, so after she got married, her and her husband spent some time apart. She didn't like him a lot. Oh, um, okay. And so they like convinced her to come back to their house so that she would be living with her husband. And when she showed up at the house, everyone bowed and told her that she was queen and she was not really that happy about it. I but mean, she, how would you like to be surprised with that? Right. Well, and so everyone was like, it was an uncomfortable thing, I guess, because first at first she was like, Oh no, I'm not, not doing like, that. I can't, yeah. I'm not qualified for that. And the next thing she said was, if it was God's will that she be queen, then she would trust in God to help govern her, govern England for his glory. You know, so like one of her very first things sure. when she was told she was queen yeah. was like a prayer. Well, sometimes, you know, I have to come around to being told I'm the queen of something. I'm like, <laughs> wait, hold on. Give me a second. I feel unqualified for that. <laughs> you are the queen of time travel. Right. I, you weren't resistant at first, but you are. I, I accept. Um, <laughs> so... At this point, once she became queen, Guildford's dad was like, Guildford. oh, now he can be king. Like, we'll, we're going to make him a crown. She was being fitted for a crown. And he was like, they'll make the king one, too. And all of a sudden, it hit Jane Grey that this was a plot to get the king, the, him to the be throne. king. Yeah. yeah. And so... Well, wait, hold on. If you're married to the queen, aren't you automatically the king? Or is that not how it works? Apparently not, because okay. she was like, he'll never be king. Oh. He'll only ever be a duke. Oh. To which um, Dudley was not happy. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ungrateful. So this Dudley guy, he... And he had really no... Like, as far as they can glean, he had no um, religious motivation. He just wanted to be in control of... Sure. Of London. Naturally. Um, and be, be in charge of, of the military. And he had all these, like, reasons for doing what he did. Sure. <clears throat> but so um, there was a huge war because of him. Um, and Jane, his pawn, mm -hmm. was deposed of and placed in the Tower of London as a prisoner. Hmm. Because she was accused of stealing jewels. Which, if you're the queen, How can you really steal jewels? <laughs> Don't you have all the jewels you want? She doesn't seem right. like a jewel you, girl. You can't. Me. Well, and she wasn't. Okay. Um, but so um, there was this massive search for one of the other three ladies that she was in competition with for the crown before when I said that. Um, and the new queen uh, was Queen Mary, who was also known as Bloody Mary. Oh. Um, who is also known as the girl that Guildford almost married if it hadn't been for her marrying him. Oh, my And gosh. they were cousins. Ew! <laughs> well, Mary and Jane were cousins. Oh, And okay. probably Guildford, too. Guildford. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was a Catholic, mm. and she actively persecuted Protestants. Of course. So Jane was Is her... Is that why she was called Bloody Mary? Well, because, yeah, she killed a lot of people, apparently. Um... 
Jane was, well, no, she's called that because if you say her name three times, she, she shows, shows up, up in the, the bathroom mirror. mirror. Um, <laughs> people were like, Mary, get out of here. Get out of my mirror. Um, there were so many mirrors back in the 1500s. Just so many. Anyone who's older than us is going to be like, what are you talking about? I don't get it. Okay. Um, but like I said, Jane was her cousin. So Jane had the opportunity to appeal to her through a letter and Mary believed that her... So basically, Jane was getting in trouble for everything that her husband, her father-in-law had done. They all... She had essentially no way of proving that she had not been a part of it. Right. And that kind of stuff that he was doing, because he superseded certain laws, he would like carry out coups just to mm-hmm. get the attention of political people mm-hmm. and make them force them to pass laws that were technically not legal. Right. Um, so that's all considered treason. Right. Which back in the 1500s, you died. You lost your head for that. Um, and so um, Mary was understanding and believed her to, like that she was giving an honest account that she hadn't been oh, a part of this plot. But um, for political reasons, Mary executed... <gasps> Jane because she wanted England to be Catholic once again. So So um, defeating Captain Janeway was like how you make the country Catholic again. And then she sat in the Tower of London for like two months awaiting trial and everyone just kept saying like they they, uh, executed Dudley, her her (laughs) father-in-law and (laughs) Dudley. So like she was being accused of treason like Mary, there was really no way that Mary could even keep her Get around if it. she wanted to. Yeah. Um, but Jane Grey has some really great quotes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she was executed when she was 17 years old. Um, and she was only queen for nine days, guys. <laughs> That's so sad. I know, I know. Um, but so she would say things like, I think that at the supper, I neither receive flesh nor blood, but bread and wine. Mm. Um, I ground my faith upon God's word and not upon the church. Um, The faith of the church must be tried by God's word and not God's word by the church. Neither yet my faith. I know. Um, And right before she was executed, she basically said, like, um, mm, although it hath pleased God to hasten my death by you, by whom my life should rather have been lengthened. Yet can I patiently take it that I yield God more hearty. Thanks for shortening my willful days. So like as she was mm-hmm. being like right before she was executed, she made the statement that was like, whatever I've done that was wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah. And like, I trust that I'm going to be with the Lord. Dude, I can't wait to meet her one day. I know. i will be like, hey, girl. I mean, it's just so sad, right? Yeah. Like she was. She never even wanted to be queen. She didn't want <laughs> Not it. Not even for nine days. Right. <laughs> she didn't want it. And she was a part of this plot and ended right. up getting. Right. It's the patriarchy at work, really. Like we've found Dudley and Guildford. You have these like beautiful moving quotes. And I just have this hilarious Martin Luther one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I think I have a Martin Luther one. I have a hilarious. But anyway, um, Jane Grey is super interesting. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I need clarification. You might not have an answer. Was Gray her last name? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel Gray like her I last need name. to use Gray. Yeah. Like, what a cool name. I know. And it was spelled the 
the cool way, the English way. Oh my, G R E Y. But yeah, that's Lady Jane Grey. Um, I and I love that her name's Jane because everyone else was stinking named Mary, Elizabeth, and, or Catherine. Right, Catherine. So reading the history of her, you're like, wait, which Catherine is this? <laughs> which is, Mary is this? Right. Which Henry is this? <laughs> I know. They just have letters after their name. Not a ton of diversity back in that day. No. And I okay, so we have our favorite Martin Luther quotes because we're reformed. So <clears throat> if you guys don't know about Martin Luther, he was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many great things. He told it like it was. Like it was. And he was extra. He was so extra. <laughs> Like, That's the first time I've ever used that phrase. I know. Extra means like <laughs> dramatic. Extra. <laughs> I didn't this... know what it meant until like three weeks ago. I mean, don't feel bad. Some of this stuff is so petty. It's so great. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I was like, Joy, let's pick out our favorite Martin Luther quotes, which really just meant that we sat around laughing at Martin Luther insults. Um. There's just so many. There's so many. Um, but mine is short and sweet. Mine too. My favorite Martin Luther <laughs> quote is, what pigsties could compare in goings on with you? <laughs> That's amazing. Let's start using that. What What pigsties can compare to your life? Right. <laughs> Oh gosh! I, mean, I don't even have commentary. Like it's just <laughs> so extra, <laughs> so petty. I'm assuming it was way more meaningful back then. I'm sure, <laughs> but it means a lot to me. It does, yeah. That's great. Anyway. Okay, so mine is: I beg you, put your glasses on your nose or blow your nose a bit to make your head lighter and the brain clearer. <laughs> That's just like medical advice. <laughs> I'm sure back then it was like, now we're like, oh, I'm in such a brain fog. I need coffee. Back then they were like, I'm in such a brain fog. I need to blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> back before we knew that like sinuses and the brain <laughs> were the not the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> Though when, I don't know, like when you have really bad allergies and you're like, I just can't think my mm-hmm. face feels like feels like it's about to explode. I mean, it's connected for sure. He had a point. I mean, my throat hurts so bad right now. <laughs> I have this like throat spray that my dad gave me and I laughed in his face. He's like, here, I got this for you. And it's like this all natural throat spray. I wasn't even sick. It was like the middle of the summer. And he's like, here you go. And I was like, you weirdo. And then this morning I woke up with the world's Sorus throat, like every word feels mm-hmm. like a knife. And I was like, where's that bottle of throat spray my dad gave me? So when you're not supposed to swallow? Yeah, I'm really nervous because I'm like, what, what's in this? And it was like, if any of this gets in your mouth, call poison control. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I have been spraying this in my mouth for the past eight hours. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> hopefully I don't die in between now and our next recording you should be fine (laughs) okay guys happy reformation day did Um, that sound insensitive you'll be fine (laughs) i didn't yeah homeopathic maybe that's like 
Because you know how sometimes homeopathic stuff works great and then yeah. some of it's like, mm, mm. that probably didn't really help. Yeah. What if it? they're just like, that's a marketing ploy to be like, this works so well. You could die. If you don't even, don't even use it. Because <laughs> you might It works need so well, control. don't even use it. I know. I don't, I don't know. But so there is a totally a connection between how you're feeling and your capacity to think straight. Like last night, did right. I tell you about this? Did I tell you about the, oh, okay. <laughs> I got to tell you guys this story. So I really like true crime. Me too. I was listening to this. I think that's why I got so into Lady Jane Grey. Right, right, right. Because there was a lot of drama. A lot of drama. So. And then I just like saved it at the end with some quotes. Right. I just like told you this story. Right. And then I was like, and then she said this. I love Great Christian thing. (laughs) It was a great story. Well, so yesterday I'm listening to this, this true crime podcast and this guy like, it's this story from, I can't remember, I think it was in the 50s. It was the 40s or the 50s. And this guy, he was he was homeless, and he found this home, and he essentially, like, went in because they, like, didn't lock their doors back right. then. Right. And he lived in their attic? And he lived in their attic. That one. I know that one. So he, like, lived in their attic. I'm not going to ruin the story for you guys, but he lived in their attic because it was freezing out. You know, he wasn't, it didn't start, like, nefarious. But anyway... Um, let's just say the story doesn't end well for anybody that lived in the house. It's a true crime story. <laughs> there was a crime. You can guess what happened. So anyway, I just, what a terrifying like thought, like that there's someone secretly living in your house and you don't know and they're in the attic and whatever. Well, isn't that like the plot of every horror movie now? Is it? Like someone's living in the walls. <laughs> we thought right. it was ghosts, right. but, but actually it's someone living story. in the walls. Right. So, I, you know, I folded him out in the laundry and I listened to the story and then I went to take the trash out. Um, and to get to the trash at the house that I have been renting. You have to walk past your attic. You have to. Well, you have to walk <laughs> through the garage to go outside. Right. And so I, I took the trash bag out and I'm walking back inside and I turn around and the door to the like the in the ceiling that goes into the attic is gone and so (laughs) i'm just standing there in the garage in the middle of the night staring at this open hole in the ceiling that i've never noticed before well and for like true crime lovers (laughs) you're like this is the moment (laughs) right that i've heard about so much (laughs) right like it's actually happening to me so i was just standing there and i was like i'm not i was like i'm not sure i don't know what to do right now um but then I started, so I was in a bit of a brain frog because I, I started feeling sick last night. And so I took a picture of the ceiling with the mm-hmm. door gone. Yeah. I had enough wherewithal and I messaged my friend who owns the house. Okay. And I was like, I need you to tell me right this second. Like, I need you to answer me right now and tell me, has this always been missing? Right. And I just didn't notice like, until I've right now it when it's creepy and dark or what's happening. And I just can see like he's typing and he's typing and he's typing. And I'm like, what? Like, this is a yes or no question. Right, yeah. Like, what? Why? What's happening right now? Right. <laughs> right. And he was like, well, I was going to mess with you, but there's never been a door there. <laughs> oh, good. And I was like, OK, so I just I told him I was like, this is embarrassing. But here's what's going on. Like, 
and just listen to this story about this guy living in the attic. And of course, now I'm looking at the ceiling. Right. For the first time, I've lived here for months. Right. Now I'm looking at the ceiling. Right. I had a same, I had a similar moment because I listened to a lot of true crime also. Mm-hmm. And I got home last night and I'm walking up to my door and the door's open. What? And I was like, oh no. Why and I hear like rustling. Inside. You have a roommate. But I don't know like right. if she's there. But like the lights are all off. Oh. And the stop. door's open. Stop. And it was like what this do I is do? I was like, obviously it's my roommate, but also is this this moment? <laughs> right. This is this right. moment where I'm like, it's my roommate, and then I and go inside and I'm like, roommate. No, not my roommate. <laughs> um, so it was, but for like a split second. And then I like scared her. Cause she walked Everyone's out the door. Scared. She walked out the door and I'm like walking up slowly. And <laughs> we just freaked each other Her out. Her door, the lights were off? Yeah, because she was the rustling was we had like some boxes and like yeah. big water jugs that yeah. we were taking out. So that was her, like she was just about to leave and she was Got picking it. up that to like take it out to the trash. Mm-hmm. And then walking out. Like so <laughs> yeah. Anyway. True crime really makes you like <laughs> Very vigilant. Hyper vigilant. Like you're gonna start noticing the holes in your roof. Right. In case someone's living up there. Yep. (laughs) You never know. Which I think it's fine (laughs) to be it's okay to make sure no one's living in your attic. (laughs) That's okay. It's a good practice. (laughs) Okay. Don't worry about it, but But if you're ever up there. If you like hear footsteps. It's okay to call the police. <laughs> don't assume it's a demon. <laughs> like, don't don't jump to the least. I did think likely. I was haunted the other no. day too. I woke up and I had this little like decorative wooden hand, and it usually sits like right on the corner of my nightstand as decoration or whatever. A hand? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's my I like hands. I don't know. Okay. Um. <laughs> And so I woke up and it was like sitting facing me right in the middle of my nightstand. And I was like, I'm haunted. (laughs) I immediately got so excited, but I only got excited because I don't believe in that. And I was like, there's some explanation. Of course. Which is that I probably knocked it over in my sleep and then picked it up. I don't know. And did something. But yeah. Right. For a split second, I got to enjoy. (laughs) I don't even know what this episode's devolved into. Well, we're going to talk more about this next week, actually. Whatever this yeah. is. Ooh, it was like a teaser. Yes. Hoo-hoo. Get you into the mood. Just kidding. Everyone knows what we're going to talk about next week. Right. Next week is Halloween. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, guys. That's it. That's our episode. Um, pumpkins, right? Pumpkins. Is that what we're talking we about? We talked about pumpkins this whole episode. Yeah. And the next week. Critters in the, the genetic level. Right. We're going to, you know, yep. just pumpkin it up. All what kind of pigsties could compare and go <laughs> on with you, Joy? <laughs> um we've been around for a year now you guys yeah and we're so close to hitting our financial goal so if you could help us um please reach our goal that would be great think about us every time you see pumpkins right now mm-hmm. um if you see a pumpkin think why can't i why can't i support sheologians in bringing down the patriarchy and you can do that with six dollars a month um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I feel like I sound like I have a sock in my nose right now. I'm sorry. So anyway, go to patreon.com slash sheologians. Please consider partnering with us and we'll see you next week. Yeah. 